Jesus. And the church said, we love him with all of our heart. I was just listening to the prophet of God telling us that if there would be some reason that the prophet would be sent down into hell, that there would be so much still love with inside of him, that there even in the regions, the part of the lost there, he would say, I love him. I wonder if that we could say that tonight with a surety, we love the Lord with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all that is within us, that we love him. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen, brothers. If you just fix that ring for me, that'd be great. We are glad to see all our visitors here with us today. I see our sister and our family. God bless you. The different ones that are with us today. And I'd like you just to feel very welcome in the house of God. We come to the house of God to be cleansed. We come to the house of God to be healed. We come to the house of God to be renewed. And I pray that the Lord Jesus would do all those things for us today. If you have a need upon your heart, you have a burden, you have something that you'd like the Lord to speak to you, maybe you'd raise your hand as we pray and say, Lord, could you come by my space? Would you speak to my heart directly? Heavenly Father, Lord, we've come today, we've come to this place to worship you, Father. We've come to this place, we set aside our time. Lord, we just didn't come to hear a man speak and try to put some things together, maybe show off a personality. Lord, we didn't come for that. Lord Jesus, we've come that you might speak to our hearts directly. Lord, and I asked the people if they had a need, Lord, that they would raise their hand. And for, Father, you see the hands that were raised. You see the hearts, Lord. You, you see, oh God, what's in the mind of your people. And I pray, God, that you would move amongst them, Lord, and may you begin to speak and discern their hearts and tell them of your goodness and give them peace, give them rest, provide healing tonight, Lord. If there's something that could be said that would encourage to bring and lift a burden off their shoulders, I pray, oh God, that you would do that for us tonight. I pray that the enemy would be bound. I pray, oh God, that you would just have alone, Lord, the access to our hearts tonight. This moment and this season, this time we pray. I pray, Lord, if there's a special need, someone needs to be healed. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would heal every sickness, every disease, Lord. Every part of their memory, their conscience, their reasonings, all would be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. In this we give you thanks. In Jesus Christ's name, amen and amen. Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 2, and we're going to read verse 15. Amen. It's good to have our brother Andy and sister Esther and family home with us. Uh, he traveled many, many hours, and we're glad that they're home. And brother Bill and sister Rhonda Lamb, they are also traveling, and we're praying for them. Amen. That they will come home soon. Amen. Sister Rebecca, I see that you're well. Praise the Lord. Amen. We were praying for you. Amen. Those little bees, they got after you and got you all swollen up, but the Lord has taken care of you. So praise the name of the Lord. Let's read in our Bibles. Amen. Now we have our slides. Amen. We're going to read 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 15. And uh, we'll read one scripture and then you can have our, your seats. Amen. We want to continue on the double portion uh, blessing. And uh, I trust that you won't tire from that. We just are thrilled to know what God has done in the Word. I want us to know that as we're preaching, I, I want to know that it's not like we can tell a story about these things. It's God reveals us to us and we bring forth portions of Scripture and events from Scripture trying to show to you and give you confidence to believe that God has a double portion for you in this hour. And that you are children of God, that you are adopted sons and daughters of God. And, and today we want to essentially tell you that double portion is that adoption, that God has called you to be his own. Amen. And he's given the spirit of truth right. to be inside Praise of you. Yes. So let's read the scripture today and we'll, we'll just begin to minister the gospel to you. Second Kings chapter 2 verse 15. And when the sons of the prophets which were in view at Jericho, saw him. 
They said, the spirit of Elijah doth rest upon Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. I'd like to press, uh, press upon you today that the Spirit of God is resting in a people of God. Amen. We preach that the Holy Ghost is inside of us. We preach that God's life is on the very si inside of us. But I, I would like my goal to be today, I'd like to express to you and give you confidence as you walk in this life. It's a pretty messy world outside that you can have the confidence that you do have the Spirit of God inside of you. That you are part of a great ministry in this hour. We are ministering spirits. We are all made ministers before God. It's not just uh, the fightful ministry that stands and has the gift in their life to proclaim the gospel. But we are ministering spirits. Men and women that are ministering spirits before God. And we are called to speak the word of truth. We are called to live this word of truth. We are called to take this word on the inside of us and begin to speak again. And as our Lord Jesus had John pen it down, we need to prophesy. Our lives need to speak out the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9, we read here, and it came to pass that when they had gone over, Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I should do for thee, before I am taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon thee. Now we might hear a few things that we spoke on Sunday, but I never get tired of potatoes when I eat at dinner. And uh, you know something, uh, and I... I, I I'm thankful for our carbohydrate. I'm thankful for the meats and the potatoes. And God will give that to us tonight. Amen. Now remember, you see that Elisha, he was asking for an inheritance of the firstborn. It was the portion given to the male plus the further portion of the head of the household. So if you can understand, every male that was born into a family got part of a portion of the inheritance. But the firstborn received the double portion. He received his portion as a son, plus an extra portion to be the head, to be the leader, to be the one that directed the household uh, of a family. And so this blessing would give him the right, would give Elisha the right to lead the family forward, to lead, to lead in, in inspiration, to lead in the same effect that Elijah did upon the earth once when he was here. Yeah. Now, it was a very hard thing for Elijah because Elijah had no birth son. Elijah had no noted family in the Scripture. Elijah was a Tishbite. And you can read that the Tishbites were noted to be people that were wanderers. And so Elijah, he had no, he had no wife, he had, had no children, he had no offspring. And so when Elisha asked, said, Lord, let me have this double portion, it was truthfully a hard thing for Elijah to give. The only thing that he had clearly noted in, uh, in the Bible that he had was his mantle. Throughout the scriptures, it was continually noted that Elijah had a mantle. And, and, and further off, in, in the time of John the Baptist, the people recognized that the spirit of Elijah rested upon John the Baptist because of the mantle that he was wearing. It was that same kind of uh, camel's hair and a, a, a leather girdle and so forth. And so they said, there he stands looking like Elisha, Elijah. And so this mantle, I want you to see that this mantle that Elijah uh, had, it was his signet. It was that he, know, he was known by this mantle. Now, how many remembers the time of, of Tamar and Judah? 
And Judah had a staff, and he had some other things, but his staff was his signet. And and Tamar had to take that staff, and she carried it with her so that when she was with child, that there was a signet that said that Judah was the father of that which she, she carried on the inside of her. And so this mantle was a signet. He, everyone knows he went by the, 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 the shape, the color, the, the essence of this mantle. Now in order for Elisha to receive the firstborn blessing, he had to become an adopted son of Elijah. Now this was going to be a hard thing to do. He had to give, some, uh, you say, uh, Elijah had to give something to Elisha that all would recognize that, that, that the spirit that Elijah was with Elisha. Are you with me tonight? It had to be something that carried the authority. It had to be something that showed proof, proof of sonship. Now, friends, tonight we're, we're not just talking about cloth. We're not just talking about camel hair garments. But, but Brother Brandon would say this in a message. He said, uh, we would say we're not teaching about Elijah's blankets or all, you know, things like that. Or te- we're teaching God's Word. And we got to see the symbolism that is behind the signet of the mantle of Elijah. That mantle was a, a token It was a representation of the Holy Spirit that would fall upon the believer on the day at the day of Pentecost. It was was the expression that God would give that we would say, the mantle of Elijah has fallen. Now, Brother Brandon would say in Moses' commission, he would say it like this. He said, He watched him, and after a while a chariot of fire came down and parted him, and the old prophet jumped onto that unto the chariot and went up in the, in the rapture as Jesus went up in the resurrection. And when he went up and then, he, and then as he was going up, he pulled off his coat and threw it down. And Elisha picked up this coat and put it over his shoulders and walked down into Jordan. It was a very beautiful type of Christ being taken up, baptized with the Holy Ghost. And when he went up into glory, he sent back the Holy Ghost for us to wear. The church is baptized with the mantle of Christ. The thing, these things that I do, a double portion, yes, what? These things that I do shall you do also. The greater than this will you do, for I go to my Father. So there is a promise that we speak of carrying the mantle, the signet of Elijah. That that, that bride's ministry has this double portion. She has that Holy Spirit that dwells, that resurrection power, that quickening power that raised Christ from the dead. If it dwell in you, it shall also quicken your mortal bodies. So tonight we are we're talking about a, something supernatural. You have to put on your supernatural thinking. You have to put on your supernatural desires. And God wants you to see that the, 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 there's something behind all these symbols or these signets is showing and positioning you into His promise. So we're talking about a supernatural promise tonight. That's laid in the prophet's actions and laid in the prophet's behaviors and laid in the prophet's words. Now, if you got those that spiritual thinking on, your mind would go all the way now to the Elijah ministry of this day and this hour. About the supernatural promises that were laying in Scripture and how they came forth out of Brother Branham's life. And you begin to look at the actions of Brother Branham. And you begin to look at his behavior. And you been furthermore begin to look at the words that he began to speak. And you recognize the words that he was speaking was not the words of a 7th grade educated man. This was not just a man that had maybe had learned some things but and through experiences, but it was God speaking through a voice, and we heard that voice, and we say, Abba, Father, Lord, we hear your voice. 
Now the supernatural is known by the actions in Elijah's life. You know, we see 50 men from the school of the prophets stood afar off, and they observed the supernatural. Many people, like I spoke last time, like to observe the supernatural. But I'd like to tell you today, jump in, the water is deep. You are a supernatural people. You carry that Elisha ministry. You carry the anointing of the Holy Ghost inside of you. Jump in. Don't just stand on the borders and watch. But walk, jump in. So many I've seen others and have heard, heard Elijah, how he stood on the, mantle, on the mountain there in the Scripture. And under the presence of God, he pulled down fire from heaven. Many seen it and watched it. Or many, as he spoke and he closed the heavens and it didn't rain for three years and six months, they seen what God could do through the ministry of Elijah. Now Elisha, the prophet of God, then said to him, if you see me when I'm taken from you, well then what happens? It's going to be as you request. You will receive the double portion blessing. In 1953, are you following me tonight? In 1953, and making the valleys full of dish, ditches, and he said, he said, you, you've asked a hard thing, but nevertheless, if you see me when I go, you'll have it. Oh my, I tell you, he had, he had one single thought, the prophet didn't get out of his view. Hallelujah. I say that tonight because we ought to read them books and keep that prophet's words in our view. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep straight in the line of the word. Let's not get out of line. And the prophet of God, when he saw that preview there uh, of the bride, and as she began to walk, you know, there was one negative, and he was also sorrowful. But then he saw a positive bride come up, and she was walking uh, to onward Christian soldiers, and she was doing so good. But suddenly she came just a little bit out of line, and the prophet of God, with all that's inside of him, screamed out these words, Stay in line! Stay in line. We've got to keep the prophet's voice, to keep the prophet in view. He stayed right with him watching him. He went up and he went up, up the mountain and down through the valley and up the mountain and down through the valley. But he kept his eye on the prophet. Life is easy when you're on the mountain. But it's the same God in the valley if you keep your eyes on the promise. You keep your eyes focused on the Word of God for this hour, for this day. Up the mountain, down through the valley, he keep the eye on the prophet. And after a while, let's get up to the, top, uh, to the top of the hill and down from the heavens come the chariot of fire. Uh, scattered them apart. And Elijah jumped onto that, that chariot and looked back to Elijah, pulled off his mantle and threw it back to him. And he went and, and away he went into heaven. Right then and there, friends, something amazing happened. Right there as he's watching. He caught the vision. He caught the mantle. The mantle was the type of an adoption. He got it. Watch the proof of this adoption. Elijah took that mantle and walked down to the Jordan. Here's the proof, friends. Here's the proof that we've been adopted sons and daughters of God. Elijah took that mantle and walked down to the Jordan. Stood there and there's the schools of the prophet over, over there looking at him. See what he do? He took that mantle. And doubled it back and forth and struck that old Jordan and said, Where's the God of Elijah? Now we're waiting with bated breath. We're waiting. What's going to happen? Well, we, we quickly read the story, but at that moment, what was going to happen? Elijah, his mantle fell. Elisha was watching. He grabbed it. He took it upon himself. And then he went forward with the message. He believed what the prophet had spoken for the season. Now, I don't know what they were talking about as they walked and they moved across Jordan, but what he was speaking to him increased his faith. And what I know today that the rapturing faith is in this message. What I know today, if you eat of this word, you'll be transformed. 
What I know is that, that you will be caught up with our Lord Jesus if you believe this word and His adoption, that final adoption, in a moment, in the twinkling of an hour, you will be changed. Praise His name. That's the proof in it. Hallelujah. And she waited there. And what happened? The power of God came out from the Elijah's being. And we're not just talking about blankets here, friends. A blanket could do nothing. A staff in the hand could do nothing. But when the Spirit of God is behind the signet of promise, I want to tell you what happened. She divided one way and the other. The power of God was with Elijah. Elisha, and I want you to notice that now in just a moment that, you know, when the power of God is in your hand, you need to be very careful on how you use the power of God. Every son of God that's adopted of God has the authority of the Word behind them. And that's why you must be careful what you speak and what you say. Because what you say is what God says. Remember, that's all part of adoption. When you've got the, the, the Father's ring upon thy finger and you've been pronounced that this is the one that will do my business, then you must be careful. And I'm going to prove it to you now. As Brother Branham speaks these words, he says, look, Eli Elijah. He's seen Elijah go up and ask for the double portion of his spirit. He was a young fellow. He was a bald-headed. He was, he was young. And he, and he was on the road returning home. A bunch of children ran out and said, Bald-head, oh, bald-head. Why don't you go up with Elijah? And that angry prophet turned around there and cursed these little, uh, innocent, uh, those little innocent children in the name of the Lord. And two she-bears came out of the woods and killed 42 little innocent children. Is that right? It's the Bible. You think that that's the nature of the Holy Spirit? Brother Bram says, no, sir. No, sir. But that prophet was angry and he had power to do that. I want you to, you, your, your words are creative. If you're born and led by the Spirit of God, your words are creative. And you must be careful. Brother Bram teaches so many times, be careful what words you use. Be careful your expressions. Don't just use folly actions. Don't just get out there and be silly. No, be sober. Have a single-mindedness. And what's that single-mindedness? It's single-mindedness to Christ Jesus. Now we know in the Scripture that Elijah, he performed the supernatural. And Brother Brandon would tell us that, you know, it was eight, super, uh, eight supernatural events that came forth out of Elijah's life. And then we would notice that Elijah, well, he had a double portion ministry. That would be about 16 miracles that were in his ministry that supernatural came out of his life. You know, we, we've, got, we've got to the authority tonight to work the king of the kingdom of God. If there's any sick amount you, let the elders pray. Let you come together and pray. You know, friends, we, we're living uh, below our, 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 what God has given us. We, we're our authority. We, we don't quite believe what God has given us. I believe, you know, Brother Branham said, I did more in my ministry, pointing his own ministry, than Christ did in his own. And that Elijah ministry did, did thousands and thousands through Brother Brandon of, of healings and testimonies. But now if that same Spirit of God dwells in you by the Word of God, can you imagine if Brother Branham was doing these works that was greater than Jesus Christ? What about a humble child of God that can go forth with the power and the demonstration of the double portion. What could you do? There's maybe 40, 50 people in this place today. And if each one of us spoke the word in truth and, and worked the actions of God, can you imagine what God could do in this generation before His coming? Now, now God, you know, spoke to Moses and provided the law naturally to the people of Israel to follow. And we would read that in Deuteronomy. The firstborn's blessing was vital. 
for every family. You would read that. The natural blessing was vital. You know, God was desired that, that households would be established with a firstborn and then there would come leadership up in that household which would be that blessing upon the firstborn to take the family forward. But for God's spiritual family, you see, naturally He gave the law to Moses in Deuteronomy, but for God's spiritual family, He desired to reserve all the rights to choose and to elect His firstborn. And in this choosing, now, God is no respecter of persons. He didn't choose you because you were the rich of your brethren. He didn't choose you because you had a charismatic personality. He didn't choose you. He's no respecters of persons. You see, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Like, I, I would do the choosing according to the biggest and the strongest. Just like they chose Saul to be king over Israel because he was the biggest and the strongest. But God doesn't look that by foreknowledge God can see down the ways, the road of the actions and the attitudes of that which are going to bring come forth. So our thoughts, you know, are, are, are just minimalistic. Minimal, I can't even say the word. They are small. Minimal. Can you say it? Today? Minimal. Thank you. I just want you to know that I'm human, so. <laughs> oh, my Lord, help my brain. God's thoughts are higher than ours. Thus we read in Romans chapter 9. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. You see, we can't look at that. We can't understand why, how. But as we've been taught and we've looked through our Bible studies, we find that Esau's people came against the children of God at one time and just tried to once again destroy them. So God could see the far, the long pass of what was going to happen. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it is not him that willeth or him that runneth, but is God that showeth mercy. In question and answers in 59, before there was a world, before there was a planet, before there was a sun, before there was a moon, before there was light, before there was anything, when it was, it was still God, God and His thoughts and, and eternal thoughts of God chose you by predestination. Now how, how many times have we read that? But maybe you could let it soak deep inside of you before all time. When it was just God alone, He had some thoughts. And His thoughts were about you. He had chosen you to come in this hour in the time of a church aid called Laodicea to be part of a bride, to be anointed for this age. Not another age, this age. That you would be predestinated in the eternal thoughts of God, chosen you, chosen by God. Amen. He says, by foreknowledge, to know that you would be on the earth. Yes. Well, I, I don't like the heritage that I came from. I, you know, my father and my mother, they were, they were this and they were rough, they were that, or they were frivolous, or they, or they were too strict in the message, or whatever your thoughts might be. Listen, friends, you're here for a purpose. You're chosen, just like Jacob was chosen. There's others that are outside that are predestinated for judgment. Now, that's hard to understand because we look at all life and we say all life is given from God. But God knows on the inside whether or not that one will come when bidden and called. 
And I say tonight that if you're on that fence and you don't, you don't know if you want to serve the Lord, I, I say come while the door of mercy is still open. Because you are called. That God is wooing you. If you have that sense in your heart that God is tugging, tonight is the night for you to come. Don't wait another moment. So God's children are children of promise. I, children of promise. That means they could never be disinherited. In the natural form, a father can disinherit his son. He could say, you are not part of my family. You are dead to me. You know, no, but God in his perfect design, when he chooses, it is inheritance forever. Brother Brandon was saying, God has adopted you and sealed you by the Holy Ghost into his kingdom. Then there is no getting out of it you are eternally secure. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, that should just bring you out of your chair. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> you can't be disinherited. You're secure, secure in Him. In Romans 9 verse 6, it says, through 8, it says, Not as though the Word of God hath taken none effect or failed. For they are not all Israel which are Israel. This God is showing his choosing. Neither, because they are, are the seed of Abraham, are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of promise are counted for seed. Galatians 4.28 Now we brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But, but as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the Scripture, cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Amen. In the Samaritan church age, Brother Brandon would say the seed, children, as children of promise. And the promise was having to do with election or the choosing of God. And that is exactly what we have been saying. These who are of the royal seed are the elected of God. You are the royal seed of Abraham. You became part of his seed by Jesus Christ. You are that royal seed of Abraham. You are elected of God, are predestinated, foreknown of God. And we're in the mind of God and his thoughts. God's sovereign choice of Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Ephraim, and admitted the Levites is the demonstration of a much larger theme in God's plan. All through this lineage, friend, all through this time, it was not the, the birth natural seed that would come forth. It was God's chosen seed. This is where we get the term, the children of promise. And the pro chosen people, each of us hold to the promise of God given to our fathers. And we discover that we are here by God's gracious choice. I want you to really let that sink in, could you? We are here by God's gracious choice. Adoption too, Brother Brown would say shortly, he would say adoption. We're born in the Spirit of God, sure. Receive the Holy Ghost and cry, Abba, Father. Yeah. That, that nature inside of you is of Him. Amen. 
That nature inside of you has given you that right of adoption. Where you have the right to say, Father, my Father. Abba means my Father. In 2 Kings 2.11 it says, And it came to pass as they still went on and talked that, Behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and the horses of fire and parted both of us under and Elijah went up in the world went unto heaven and Elijah saw it. And he cried, My Father, he received the promise. Just the same as you and I are to receive the promise. It's got to be, it's got to be something that's quickening your being tonight. If we could just look for a moment at the at the firstborn blessing from another angle, the double portion. And I'd like to review it on the space of the Passover for a second. You see, the children of Israel. They, if you remember, they were being uh, oppressed by Pharaoh. And God had made some promises to Abraham's descendants back, all the way back. And he said that, that they would come out of Egypt. We would read this and the promise that was given to Abram, which was Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, verse 12. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon, upon Abram. And lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said to Abram, Know of of surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not there. Not theirs. And they and shall serve them, and uh, and they shall uh, uh, afflicted them for 400 years. And also that nation whom... They shall serve, will I judge? And afterwards shall they come out with a great substance. So the promise, now we want to adhere to the promises of God because when God gives a promise for something, He will not take it back. He will not renege on His promises. His promises will remain true. And when God says He's chosen you and you're adopted and you receive the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of the Holy Ghost to your life, and that you're eternally secure, He's not going to take that away from you. Though you may fall, though you may fail, I want you to notice Israel had its ups and downs. It, it fell, it failed, it came back to repentance, fell and failed, it came back to repentance. But God's promise was ever still the same. It was true. Amen. So I, I want you to really take a look at your life because I want you to notice that when you fall, God's promise is still the same. David fell. His shortcomings were great. But God loved David. Why? Because he had the ability to repent and say, Oh God, created me a clean heart. And so when God speaks to you, friends, and tells you who you are, don't disregard it because of something petty. I want you to know if you're drinking and you're smoking, you have all those attributes and sin inside of you, you haven't started the first bait quite yet. So I'd like you then to come to the altar and we'll pray with you so that you receive the Holy Ghost in your life. But I'm talking to to believers tonight that have got the Word sealed in their being. And there's trials and tests and you say a sharp word or you say something that should never came out of your mouth. And you say, Lord, forgive me. Or or there's attributes of the old flesh that want to rise and and you fall. and That's what I'm talking to tonight. I'm not talking about gross sins tonight. We've been saved by the power of God and the remission of sins. But I I want to tell you now that that God holds His promises true. Now, they Israelites, they held this prophecy, this promise in their hands of deliverance for 400 years. You see, Joseph, uh, from the Scripture, Joseph, he believed in the promises for it was given to him uh, as a firstborn. It was given to him, he was called to be a firstborn. You see, he, his, brother, his brother Reuben was supposed to be that natural-born heir. But because of Reuben's gross sins, and he went up to his father's chambers and so forth, because of that God, out of the love for uh, for. for, for uh, for Isaac and, and, and for Jacob and, 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 the, and the lineage, he looked and saw that Joseph would be that one that strength in the household. The strength from which Christ would come forth from. And so Joseph believed the promise because of the blessing. 
He was the adopted son over God's natural heritage. So, as you can notice, Jacob there, he pronounced, now catch this for a moment and be real spiritual about this, he pronounced the hear ye him over Joseph. Now you say, Brother Steve, how do you say that? Well, let me go down this path for just a moment. Joseph was a type of Christ. You know, we could do a great study one day and pick up the parallels between Joseph's life and Jesus, but Joseph, I want just a few things. Joseph was a, was a shepherd and Jesus was the great shepherd. Joseph was a prophet and Jesus was the prophet. Joseph was sent by his father to his brothers uh, for their welfare. And Jesus was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. If you looked it up in Scripture, you're going to find approximately 60 parallels that point out that Joseph was the type of Jesus. Now in Colossians 1.15, we notice that Jesus, he was that one who was the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of every creature. Can you say amen? So we see our Lord Jesus, firstborn of every creature. And at the river Jordan, John the Baptist is baptizing Jesus. And a voice from God speaks out, This is my beloved Son, who I'm well pleased. If you'll notice, this is a very public show. There, this would be published on the news. It would be shouted around. Do you see what happened here at the River Jordan? John the Baptist was there. He was preaching. He said, here came this man. He said, oh, here's the one that I can't even loose his shoes. And, and Jesus says, let it be so as it is for the Scriptures. And all of a sudden, uh, there's a dove that goes up. And we hear this all, oh my, this word's publishing news. This is my beloved son who I'm well pleased Noticing that Jesus was in the image of the invisible God. Now, Brother Brown would say in this message, the lamb and the dove, he would say, when this dove come from heaven, the meekest bird of all the heavens came to the meekest animal on the earth. Heavens and earth kissed each other. Heaven and earth was united together. Man and God was reconciled in one body, the Lord Jesus Christ. Certainly it was. It was God of heaven in the form of a dove and the Son of God in the form of a lamb. And the dove came down on the lamb and abode on him. Never just came down and lifted and went away. It stayed there. It was satisfied. The lamb was satisfied to have that, the dove look at him being led by the Father. Not his own will. The Father Father's will that sent him. I come not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent him. <laughs> I want you to notice the attribute of a son. The attribute of a sonship. The attribute of what should be in our lives. I'm not come to promote myself. I'm not come to stand on the corner and say, I am chosen election. I am the best of the best. That's not our attitude. I've come down. I've come to do the will of God. I've come to do the will of the Father. That's the attitude of sonship. Now if we fast forward and just a, a little bit, and, and, and Brother John had brought these things up as well, but if we fast forward to the Mount Transfiguration, how many remembers that spot? Now, this, at this time, it wasn't a public show. I want you to notice it was Jesus who was joined by Moses and Elijah. Prophets, leaders of the household of God. Moses, whom represented the Jewish law. And Elijah, the Jewish prophets. And Jesus, he brought along with him, he brought Peter who represents faith, Brother Brown says, and James, hope, and John, that was love. So all was there to a, a witness something very special. I want you to notice that Jesus was the firstborn in the image of God. 
the, the first fruit for many, the one that would die and would be planted into the ground and much would come forth in fruit, that would be you and I. And we're going to witness something very special here. It's just not Peter standing saying, let's make three tabernacles. No, God is showing us that there was going to be an adoption of a son right there on the Mount Transfiguration. It was the firstborn blessing. It was the double portion spirit that would come upon our Lord Jesus to work out the commission to die for our sins. Hallelujah. 1954, an everlasting life and how to receive it. Brother Bram says, God adopted his own son. Then we took him up, took Peter, James, and John as witnesses. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every one be, word be established. And went up there and God overshadowed Christ and the Holy Spirit overshadowed Shadowed and the Holy Spirit overshadowed Christ and his raiment shined like the sun. Is that right? And God Himself said, said, This is my beloved Son. Now we heard that before, didn't we? We heard that on Rivers Jordan as a public a public announcement. A son has been born. A son is here. I'm pleased. And Jesus went forth and he went up and been tempted. He went forth doing miracles and doing all kinds of signs and wonders. It was a mighty testimony that God's son was there. But now something, something special was about to happen. And that something special was hear ye him. He carries all the authority of heaven. Unless he carried all the authority of heaven, friends, he could not take away and redeem you from your sin. He had to have all of the authority inside. Hear ye him. In other words, there is what he has to say, all of it. And of course it was God, but God in flesh of Jesus Christ manifesting himself to the people, and there God's adopted his own son. He's adopted, first of all, in the image of God. So in order for Jesus to follow the pattern of the Scripture as the firstborn son among brethren, he had to be washed, he had to be proclaimed, and he had to be adopted. And then his blood. And only then... His blood could be a token for our sins. Remember the Old Testament, it had to be a, blood, a lamb without spot, without wrinkle. It had to be a pure, it had to be a washed lamb. It had to be taken from the inner court and brought down, or outer court into the inner court, and then brought as, as a sacrifice of blood to the holies of holies and sprinkled upon the altar of God for our sins. But it only could be done by first being chosen then been washed, then proclaimed and adopted to be so. So now let's get back on the path. We have just a few more minutes. We got off the path. And now let's get back on the path for a moment. And we're on this path now, this Passover in the Exodus. And Joseph made the Israelites promise that his bones would not remain in Egypt. We're not part of this world. Egypt is a tied up of this world. Don't leave me here. Don't let my bones rest here. When God sends the deliverer, I want my bones to be taken to the promised land. He said, surely God will visit you and you shall carry my bones away hence with you. The message of Moses, Brother Branham says, and when the hour of the time of promise drew nigh, there rose a Pharaoh who didn't know Joseph. Who would have thought, who would have thought that those people and how they were respected and almost worshipped because of Joseph, that young prince that was down there that told him the dream and saved Egypt many times. And in a space, a short space of 400 years, they'd forgotten him. Well, you say, that's a pretty long time. In God's eyes, that's very short. Right, that's 
But when God's promise drew nigh, there rose up a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph, and he caused taskmasters to put on, be put on the people and so forth. Then they begin to be burdened and they cried to God because of the reason of taskmasters. Uh, listen, Egypt is about the same. Pharaoh's asking us to make brick upon brick and double the brick to keep your minds occupied and away from God's promise. And there's many taskmasters there. There's many demons that are beating you day after day and focusing and accusing you before God and trying to torment your mind. But I say tonight, let yourself let off the pressure in Christ, knowing that you're chosen by God. From the water, from the rock, the people would sojourn for 400 years in a strange land. And during this time, remember, there was a, a, a lapse of time. Well, we're teaching you here something just a moment because you ask me, why? Why isn't the rapture happening? Why, why you know, we're sons and daughters. We're, we're adopted and there will be a final stage of it. Why, why are we in that process? Why aren't we there? The people would sojourn for 400 years in a strange land. And during this time, remember, there was a lapse of time. Listen right close a minute. There was a lapse of time. It wasn't exactly, exactly 400 years. It was, was 420 years because of the condition of the people. Give yourself a shake tonight. It was the condition of the people. Moses came in the right time to bring the people out, but they rejected the messenger. When you reject the messenger, you reject his word. When you reject the word, you reject the messenger. And people today, friends, we're living in the long suffering of God. This is the season where we are. Because God wants to see those that are called, that are, are called to him come to him. And he's taking his time. He's saying, I, I need to see that one more come. But friends, tonight, why don't you just come? We want to go home. How many wants to go home? We want to go home. So God sent Moses to Pharaoh. And he sent him to Moses, uh, Pharaoh's brethren. And he brought great drudge judgments upon them. The plagues and judgments. I mean, we don't, want, we don't want to have the lice and the fleas and the frogs. You know, sometimes we, we get ourselves so caught up in this world and we have to spend one more night with the frogs. Let's not spend one more night with the frogs. Brother Brown would say a frog is the lowest creation. Let's not stay there. They're always looking back into the, what, what in the past and the past problems and the past situation and past anointings. And past, no, let's move forward. We're in an eagle anointing. Come on, get out of the chicken yard. Recognize you're not a chicken clucking around eating bugs. Recognize that there's something calling you a little bit higher, higher into the Word, higher into the adoption of Christ, higher in the choosing of God. Spread your wings and jump off the perch. I can only encourage you. You can do it. You, you, you can jump. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. No, you're not a chicken. You're made for the skies. So all kinds of judgment began to fall. And there was a final judgment. Was death upon the, the firstborn. You know what a horrible thing it seems. Why did God use death of the firstborn to bring Israel forth out of Egypt? Well, the answer was given by God before Moses even went to Pharaoh. In Exodus chapter 4, verse 22 and thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son. There's a claiming by God that Israel was the firstborn. Israel is my son, even my firstborn. There's a blessing upon him. It's not just a natural calling. This is a spiritual calling. And I say unto thee, let my son go. Many times we say, let my children go. No, friends, it's not just children. 
It's the sonship. Let my son go. <laughs> There's a call that's coming to this generation, to the denominational systems. Come out of her, my people. Let my son go. <laughs> Pull her out of this system. She don't belong here. Let my son go that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. Exodus 12, 12. For I will pass. Now, I want you to notice that's a proclamation. Even your son shall die. But then the word of God in its tenderness goes over to a land of Goshen. Goes over to a people and whispers a secret in their ear. Through the voice of a vindicated prophet. Now, they needed to hear these words because they were the son. Israel was the son of God. And we notice here, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. And notice, it wasn't just to the Egyptians, but Goshen was also part of Egypt. Both man and beast, and against all gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord God, the, the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token. The prophet of God preaches the message, the token. Upon thy house where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt. I won't be too much longer, but I just have to finish. The blood token was the firstborn's blessing. <laughs> it's the same today. The blood is our token. When I see the blood, when I see it over your life, the doorpost of your life, I will pass. I won't let death come to you. You will be secure in me. Now notice, they were born and to be chosen the race of God, the firstborn. God has spoken it to, to Pharaoh. But now at the time of judgment, there was a place of escape that was given to all that would hear the voice of God. This generation has heard the voice of God. This message has circled the earth seven times. God has spoken signs and wonders, demonstrations. But now there's a word of God that's come in this hour that has called us into a great mystery of God. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you need to step into that promise. The firstborn of Israel, they were to receive the double portion. How must I be saved? We need to follow the word of the prophet. This is where it gets a little sticky because people don't like this. I want you to notice we need to separate from all unbelief and follow the word for this hour. <laughs> to be called in this age, you have to believe the message that was given from God through the voice of William Branham. We're not living in a, in a Lutheran age, in a Pentecostal age. We've come a long ways in the crossing over time, friends. People have passed and died from other ages already. So we're looking at people today that have heard the unadulterated Word of God apply the token. Receive the Holy Ghost, the life that's in the blood. Receive it. Follow the Word. Follow the prophet. And when I see it, I'll see the blood. Now, the pattern over the doorpost, I found this very interesting. The pattern of the doorpost... It was in this shaping in it, and that lettering, it speaks of that. It's called Hyatt. It speaks of that word, it's a, a high, which means life. And so when you notice that those words of life would be imprinted upon our being, life is being extended to the firstborn. Amen. Those, that's the doorpost of Israel. 
And God's saying, paint that doorpost upon your personal life, that your personal life, the blood of Jesus Christ upon your personal life. So the life was a blessing that was extended to the firstborn. Life, if you believed in the prophet's instruction, the blood will be a token for you. Now, I'm going to close in just a couple minutes. I promise. A token, I looked in the dictionary, a token is a thing's Uh, serving a a visible or tangible representation. Now, Brother Brandon will say, now the very Spirit itself is the token. The Spirit itself is the token, not the blood. But I want you to see that there had to be blood applied in the natural Israel's day in order to be saved. But there has to be a spiritual life applied to you in this day in order for you to be saved. And it's that token that you shall receive. Now Jesus said, and this is my final scripture, Jesus says these words, Truly, truly I say unto you, he who hears my word. Stop there for a moment. Elijah and Elisha. Elisha had to follow and watch and listen the instructions of Elijah. And when he did so, he received what? The token of promise. That was the mantle. Now, it wasn't the blanket. It was the spirit that was behind the blanket. So truly I hear your words. And truly, truly I say, He that hear my words and believes on him that sent me has eternal life. (laughs) The token for today, friends, the life of the blood, where is it? It's in the word. It cannot be outside of the Word. It has to stay inside of the Word. The mantle of Elijah, the blood of the doorpost, that which the Holy Ghost represents in our lives, that is the double portion. That is that you are a son, but now you have received sonship of the family to walk forward and prophesy again. You can't take the Word and speak it again when you don't have that life inside of you. You need to be an adopted son of God, that life token upon your being to speak the word of truth. Where will we find safety today? Safety hidden in the word of God. We're reading, it's horrible. The news, what's going on. We're reading the political fronts here and what's happening all over the world. It's a place where there is no safety. But there is a city of refuge that we can run into where we can be saved. And that city is the Word of God, but you must believe. Listen, it's not a, your lineage. It's not God, respecters of persons. No, you have been chosen. You need to believe. You need to respond to the Word. And when you respond to the Word, the death angel has to pass. It's life in the Word. Ask anything in my name and you shall receive it. Go and preach the gospel. And what's the promise? These signs shall follow them that believe. Those that are eternally secure. Those that are adopted sons of God with authority inside of their hands. Hallelujah. God has given you the token. He's given the firstborn's blessing, which is the double portion. Can you receive it with your heart and move forward? That when you walk out of these doors, you're not standing in fear. You're not trembling, wondering if the devil's going to corner you. No, you're a child of God. And when the weakest saint gets to his knees, what happened? All of hell begins to tremble. Why? Because you carry the authority of the Father right in your being. This is what God has given you. I trust you can believe. For if you believe, the prophet said all things are possible. Heavenly Father... We can't speak these things like a storybook, Lord. We have, sometimes it sounds like we jump to and fro, but Lord, you have given promises for us to hear your word and believe. That firstborn there, in the time of the first exodus, they were, they were concerned. They had to be concerned and convinced that that blood was going to take care of them. But the prophet of God had spoken. Had spoken the words. But the blood was simple faith on the doorpost. 
and your life will be saved. They were sons that came in, natural born sons. But God did some choosing that day when they decided to obey the word because life was extended to them. That double portion life was given to them, Lord. They would have died, Lord, if they didn't respond to your word. All of Egypt that did not respond, they died. Those that were stubborn in Goshen and they didn't receive the word and they didn't put the, the blood on the posts, the life. Father, they all died. I pray today, Lord, that we would hearken your word, hearken your voice. Make sure that the token is applied. Make sure, Lord, that we've come to that place where the hear ye him for this generation can be spoken. That they can walk out in faith and God can be, have that, that sense of fatherhood to say, my child is going to speak the right thing. His actions, her actions are going to be the right actions. I pray, Father, as we look to your word, we would follow the example of the prophet of our, Brother Branham. See how we lived, Lord. Pattern ourselves, Lord, after that first fruit, that first thing, Lord, that first man that went forth as a perfect son of God, Lord. How by you making him perfect. I pray, Lord, we pattern our lives after that, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name we ask. Amen and amen. You love the Word of God. Can you see, receive this word that I've spoken to you tonight?